What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of SSPN. I know it's been a little minute. We've been working on summer classes. We've been grinding. But in the meantime, there has been a ton of Spurs news, Ethan, particularly a lot of more pre-draft workouts. We know that's coming up. Um, there's been some interesting reports surrounding DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry potentially wanting to go to the Lakers. The NBA Finals just ended in the last episode we saw. Who knows? Chris Paul may be on the Brooklyn Nets next year. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. But you know what is happening, Ethan? I'm wearing this 2014 NBA Championship Spurs polo with the DeJounte Murray jersey, which may yes, no sir. longer be a Spurs jersey fairly soon, no. but or it won't, will be. I don't know. We'll have to see. But what I will say is that I have a funny story to tell you. I actually got this in the San Marcos uh, Academy. Do you know where that's at? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Dude, I got this in 2014 there right after the championship. So just just funny little story to start off. But it's a legit shirt. I love it, Jude. Yes, and and it fits me still. That's right. I stay in shape. I got this when I was like 14. Now I'm 21. It still fits. That's right. Let's go. Oh, the good old days of 2014 Spurs, Jude. I remember in 2013, um, not to get too off topic, for my birthday, I went to a Round Rock Express baseball game just because they have like a pool and like, it's it's not, you don't go to watch the game. You go to hang out and play basketball and go to the pool at the yeah. baseball stadium. Right. Of course. Um, and it was, it was in 2013 on my birthday it was in 2013 and the Spurs were playing the heat. I missed the game. And on top of that, we were all following the score during it and the Spurs lost. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Ray Allen game or any one of those. It was like one of the earlier ones, like game oh, okay. four, but uh, another, another memory there about the Spurs being a little kid. But I remember I had another friend there and he's a big LeBron fan and we were just going back and forth the whole night. But, <laughs> it's actually funny i was literally before we recorded this another off-topic thing but kind of on topic i was watching the uh ever seen that video on youtube the beautiful game from the 2014 championship year so i haven't watched it in a really long time but yes i know what you're talking yeah, about i was like, just reminiscing i was reminiscing <laughs> i was like oh we had boards. i've done that before <laughs> just like the good old days man oh so so much fun <laughs> That's crazy because, like, it's so funny because we're looking for, like, another Boris now. And you didn't realize it kind of back then because we were doing that to just kind of combat the heat. But, mm -hmm. like, that was really kind of the transformation of, of basketball into this small ball. Like, you need a four yeah. who's going to be able to shoot, which kind of goes into these draft prospects. A lot of guys that the Spurs are interviewing, Ethan, are yeah. fours who can shoot but also try to post up, play big. Um, there, there's been a lot of news out right now. So, so what do you really want to start off with? Uh, any of them, man, we can start with the first round prospects or the second round, whatever you're feeling. Yeah. So I think the big news that, that we were talking about before this show and, um, that's, that's been popping up around Twitter, specifically with Jeff G Spurs zone. I'm sure if you're a Spurs fan, you, you, you follow us, you probably follow Jeff G as well. Shout out for all the star Wars tweets from him. <laughs> also. Yes, sir. Um, but Kai Jones is somebody who's been falling in other draft boards, but it seems like his stock has been rising with the Spurs. And one thing that Rob Trejo from Spurs Film Room does a really good job of, I feel like that that I don't really that I feel like I tend to forget whenever I'm thinking about Spurs draft prospects or free agents is just that, you know, with the Spurs, it's so much about culture and fit and mm -hmm. like how you can fit in here. Like you can be the greatest player of all time, but if you're not going to fit in with our culture, then, you know, pop doesn't want you right and yeah. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you know that's a whole nother conversation but that is what it is in san antonio and so it seems like kai jones's fit is 
definitely positive with the Spurs, considering that he's the only person um, or the Spurs are the only team that he's done a three on three workout with. It just came out. And also he got taken out to a salmon dinner. And we know how much pop and the Spurs like their team dinners. Like that's Mm -hmm. a big part of the culture, too. So if you're taking Kai Jones out, you know, for a for a nice salmon dinner, um, that tells me something that uh, maybe maybe the kid from Austin, oh, actually he's from the Bahamas, but played played ball in Austin. Y'all know yeah, what I'm talking whatever about. Whatever I mean, yeah. Uh, may come down the road to San Antonio um, come draft night. It's also a big deal that, you know, Kai Jones said this is the only team to actually work him out in three-on-three drills. You know, that shows a lot of interest from the Spurs, 100%. And I like Kai Jones just because of what he brings to the fit of the team. He's a four that can play the five. He's 6'11" you know, could eventually maybe reach seven feet tall. We never know. We got guys like AD that seem like they continue to grow just every single year until they're 25. That is a scientific fact. So he's young, he's athletic. He he checks a lot of boxes for the Spurs as far as what the team needs going forward. Uh, The only knock on Kai Jones, as far as I know, is that he is very, very raw. Uh, But the Spurs are, you know, known at least in recent years for drafting raw talent. Look at DJ. I mean, DJ was extremely raw at the point guard position. You know, TP, when we drafted him back in 01, he was very raw at the point guard position. So I have faith in the Spurs organization Luca. to develop. Yeah, Luca's still raw. Yeah. <laughs> he, still has, he still hasn't developed as far as we know. But if anyone can develop a young Kai Jones, it's the Spurs and uh, and Tim Duncan, you know, bringing visits to the gym every once in a while, possibly grooming him to that next power forward that we could uh, enjoy for years to come. Absolutely. You know, I was just texting one of my friends who's who's also a big Spurs fan about this. Um, and the way the way that I kind of like look at Kai Jones and the way that I could describe him is he's basically a bigger, more developed, better Lucas Samanich, like coming out it going into the draft. He's different because he's bigger and he has way more of a post game. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously if you're a little bit bigger, you're gonna be in the post more. And he's not as um, consistent as a, of a shooter coming out. Mm-hmm. But he's more of an is, explosive athlete, though. Yes, but he's the thing is, is he's shown potential as a shooter. Like when I've watched his tape, it doesn't even like I don't look. Stats are like they tell us things, but they're not the whole story. Like you can have a bad shooting year and still have a fantastic jump shot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so. Um, Kai, it really seems like he has the fundamental down. It seems like he has a good stroke. It's not like he's just broken and we're going to have to, you know, completely restructure it, you know, to, to have a, a, a chance of him, you know, being a stretch yeah. four. He played the stretch four role multiple times uh, during his tenure at Texas. He even would shoot threes when he was playing the five. Um, so I just think that that's something that while, you know, yes, it's not fully developed, um, yeah. The skills that he does that have that are more developed are honestly probably going to be. I mean, I know it's a three point shooting league, but just with the Spurs and what they need, adding somebody with an explosive post game like him is just something that they don't have on the roster right now. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that would bring a lot of dynamic, you know, just or I guess dynamism is is the way to. Is that the adjective for (laughs) for dynamic? You tell me, Jude. (laughs) Dynam. He would bring a lot of dynamism to our to our offense, if that's a word. Um, But also with Chip England, I I have no doubt in my mind after looking at Kai Jones' shot and watching him, you know, shoot Mm -hmm. that that he could be a reliable stretch four. And we have other guys that can you know fill that position if we want someone to camp out on the three point line and just drain a shot. Luca's probably 
more capable at shooting threes at this point. You know, we could go re-sign Gorgie Jang for a minimum deal. He could camp out there yeah. and shoot a corner three. But what he does, I think, is what the Spurs need even more, and that's rebound and play aggressively down low. A guy that can defend not only these big fours and fives, but also possibly move his feet along the perimeter and guard some of these uh, more athletic guards that can, you know, unfortunately get around all of our other big guys like Jakob Pertl. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't have said it myself. I think that he is somebody because of the shooting potential that he's shown. That is somebody that I think could play next to Jakob Pertl. I know yeah. that's like it seems like a Twin Towers or whatever, but like we just talked about how the NBA is kind of changing to more small ball. But I think what's also happening is that taller players are realizing they need to have more ball skills and need to be able to shoot. So yeah. now it's almost turning into like less of small ball where like you saw the um, the Mavericks, you know, start Luka point guard. You know, nobody on the lineup was under 6'6". And you still have, you know, a Perzingis or a Dwight Powell with 6'11", 7'2", out there also. Um, it's just more about players, like every player realizing they need to be able to shoot and be pretty skilled, you know, unless you're like a Jakob Pertl type player, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So he could be that. It seems like he's one of those guys, and, and that would be huge for the Spurs if, if they could get him. Any final thoughts on Kai Jones? I'm always willing to draft a guy that addresses a need, and to me our biggest <laughs> need is a big player that can move his feet and defend along the perimeter, and he fits that position. Hey, and he's pretty familiar to, to the G League team you'd be playing with, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if he'd even need a new apartment. <laughs> he probably wouldn't. <laughs> probably wouldn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hey, speaking of another player from Austin, Texas, uh, that recently did a pre-draft workout with the Spurs, Jericho Sims, also from the University of Texas, a senior. You know, Spurs like experienced guys. Derek White, twenty-three years old, drafted in the first round. Jericho seems a little bit more like he would be somebody that the Spurs would pick in the second round. Um, but still this would be another player that it just fills a need. You know, he's not as, um, he doesn't have as much shooting potential as Kai Jones, as I would say, but it still seems like he can stretch the floor in some situations and, and hit a three. I think that's, that's what you mentioned, to be honest. I haven't really watched too much of Jericho Sims. No, I, I, he he literally, Jude, do you want to hear this? This is actually really funny. For all four years in college, 0% from the three point line. Every single year. Wow. He, so okay. he, either, he, he either didn't make a single shot or he just didn't take them, but he didn't, he wow. was 0% from the. I don't know line. why. I, for some reason, in all seriousness, everybody watching, I thought for some reason that I'm not blaming this on Ethan. I'm blaming this on myself. But for some reason, when I was talking, I thought that Ethan told me earlier that no, he can no. shoot kind of. <laughs> I don't know why. No, no, okay. No. But that just came out of nowhere. So, anyways, scratch that. But Jericho Sims would be a fantastic, young, experienced, um, third string center, you know, between mm-hmm. behind uh Yaka Pertle or a Drew Eubanks. Um and we've also talked about just about how, you know, with Drew's size, we don't know how long he's gonna last. This is somebody who if we send him down to the G League, maybe he could develop and and become a pretty solid um physical backup five for the Spurs. Um, or maybe more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's honestly got a pretty high ceiling because with the Spurs, it's like they can just develop these guys. And with his size and just like his play style, I think he could easily, you know, find a spot on the Austin Spurs um, and and on our roster as a third string center. I've talked to my buddy. Uh, shout out to David Keith. He goes to UT, so he knows oh, these really? guys. Yeah, pretty pretty much firsthand. He watches their games and stuff, and um, he likes Jericho Sims. He's 
if you were to compare him to another player, it's we're stuck on UT guys, but Jackson Hayes, maybe a, a Jackson Hayes with a lot less upside because he is a senior and he's kind of already set in his ways. But he's a he's a guy that can get you a lot of rebounds. He's lengthy. He can defend. He can move his feet. He's not a shooter. He's probably not going to space the floor anytime soon. He's not. Gonna, he's not a bucket getter. But he's a guy that can hold down the paint for you and snag a few boards. And and who knows? Maybe his ceiling is a lot higher than we think. But usually, guys that spend four years at college, especially nowadays, they don't necessarily go on to develop into anything more than what they are. But but who knows? Maybe he can. Yeah, never know. With Derek White on on our yeah. roster, perfect example, right? Um, but also Derek White, first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> so keep you know you you give and you take. But um, with j- just last things on on Jericho Sims, really from what you're describing and and what he looks like and what what we're hearing. It just kind of seems like he's a, you know, uh, a, a, maybe a little bit more athletic, like Jakob type of player. I know that that not saying that his ceiling is higher, like he's not as good of a passer as Jakob. Um, I don't know if he can. I think he can run the floor as well as him, I would say. But I don't know. You never know. You kind of got to see it in the NBA before you, you know, just convince mm-hmm. yourself of that. Um but, you know, that type of player, like you said, just somebody who a run, jump and dunk center. Yes. Is what he sounds a DeAndre like. Jordan. <laughs> yes. Ex- that's exactly what I was thinking. And yeah. I'm not like that's basically what Drew Eubanks is. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll see him. He's shown it's he has a lot more shooting potential than Jericho Sims because at least he's taken a few. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But, but um, I think I think we get what I'm saying here. But yeah. And, and, and that's honestly in today's league. I feel like that's one of the kind of old school players that's been able to adapt. Is just yeah. that that kind of center that you can just plop in there and he'll just, you know, hold down the paint. And he's a G leaguer. I think whoever we draft the second round, they're gonna you safe to say they're gonna be in the G League for at least a year, maybe even more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So love to have Jericho Sims on the Austin Spurs. Imagine if we yeah. had a Kai Jones Jericho Sims front court hmm. in Austin. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. That would be really funny. <laughs> I would there would be so many Texas fans at those games. Uh so hey, no, do it as a marketing ploy. That's that's that is the answer to this episode. I think the biggest takeaway is that the Spurs need to draft Kai Jones and Jericho Sims so the Austin Spurs can make more money. Confirmed. Hundred percent. Let's do it. <laughs> I can see lunch boxes being made right now, Jude. I love it. <laughs> the HEB Center. Yes. <laughs> oh, HEB commercials. Yeah, we can go he, crazy H- with this thing. The HEB Center. There's anyways. Um, but another person who is also well. Before I move on, any any final thoughts on Jericho? Like like his athleticism, I think he would fit with the Spurs culture. Um, but don't expect anything big. <laughs> don't expect yeah. anything. Yeah. Big. He's he's probably would just be a bigger Drew Eubanks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. But who knows? But what I do know is that another player that the Spurs have worked out recently, somebody in a little bit of a different mold than Kai Jones or a Jericho Sims, and that's Trendon Watford from LSU. He's a 6'9 forward, but he's played literally everywhere from 3 to 4 to 5 um, in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. So this is somebody who can adapt to the new small ball but also as like a multi-positional defender um, has played different roles. And the other thing is, is even when he played the five at LSU, Ethan, he would still take the ball up the floor. Like he's an underrated playmaker as well, which is, I think a reason that he was attractive to the Spurs. I'm not going to lie to you, Jude. I don't know much about Trenton Watford. So I'll let your expertise shine in there. <laughs> and say, the only thing I do know about him is kind of what you touched on. 
very versatile. He fits a need as that small forward. You know, he can play basically four positions for us and defend. <laughs> I know you're a big LSU guy. That's how I know you know a lot about this guy. But I, I'm going to ask you, do you think – I'm looking at his, like, profile right now. Is his, like, type of player maybe like a Kyle Anderson type? You know, I you saw my eyes get big. I hadn't thought of player comps to Trenton Watford – but you mentioned that you've got it right on the money. Is that it? Like, yeah, okay. like I know you haven't watched him as much as I do, but like genuinely, that's I would say that. But he's a way more like natural shooter. Like he yeah. was a good shooter coming into college, and I know his percentages say like thirty-one percent or whatever. But like, first of all, he took probably way more threes than he should have. But that's just Will Wade's offense. Like he's he's like okay, you're a vet, you're a leader of the team, then just kind of go crazy. You saw that with Cam Thomas, who's another top prospect. Um, unfortunately Spurs won't be getting Cam Thomas. Um, but, uh, Trendon five-star prospect out of high school and came in once again as a more natural shooter. So that's something that he would be better than Kyle at. I would say he's not as good of a playmaker as Kyle, but he's like only a tier below. Like it's not, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. that, but just, you know, Kyle was a, that was what he was known for at UCLA. Yeah. So. I like the fit. If if he is what you're saying he is, I like the fit in that second round, especially. And he could really do uh, do a number on those G League players, as far as I'm concerned, with that versatility. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing about Trendon is that this is. I feel like this is a value pick in the second round too. And it's like with the Spurs being so, like obviously their needs are literally three through four through five, and he can yeah. play every single one of those positions. So it's like you can kind of mold him to how you want him to be. You know what I'm saying? Like in the G mm-hmm. League, like you can say, okay, do we want to try you out at four? Do we want to try you out at the three? Um, and he's he's at at the five. He's just a small ball five, like straight up. Yeah. He played – LSU just played a bunch of small ball. Um, so that's why he had – but still, that's valuable experience. Like they played Michigan. He was playing center, and he was going up against whoever's – you know, Michigan's huge center was. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like he's had to kind of play in those roles – um, and it would honestly, like, I'm looking back at that and I'm like, he's just like, he was basically having to be Keldon Johnson. He's just taller. Like yeah. that was, that was kind of what they were asking him to do. Um, but just at the five, I like <laughs> so, him. He's not a string bean either. He's a six, nine, two forty. Like he's, he's a pretty filled out guy. Yeah. And he's not, he's not like, and I, I know this sounds crazy cause there's not like really any fat players in the yeah, NBA, but just to say, when you hear two forty, if you look at Trenton Wofford, you're going to notice that like, okay, no, this dude's just jacked, but he's yeah. a, remember he's a five-star coming out of high school. And I know that that p- people are like, Oh, it's just stars or whatever. But like, there's like five-star players. Sometimes, you know, college is weird. And when you like Kevin Porter jr, you know what? I feel like that's a great example of a really highly rated player who, you know, did okay in college and then really kind of turned it up in the NBA. Um, yeah. So I think that the thing, I think, like Trendon Watford, I know this may sound crazy, but I think that he has um, a higher ceiling than a, than a Jericho Sims in the second. So, but he would be he would basically probably be a third string four. He would be a G League four for us, but eventually he would be a backup four, maybe a starter. But I like it, Jude. Okay, nothing else to say. Lots of lots of passing there. Okay, Alperin Sengun. He mm. is another person that um, we had a workout with this was a little while back and we've talked about him before but just i don't think we've really dug that deep on him on this show so 
Ethan, this is your guy, um, Turkish League MVP, something that I didn't even know, even though I've talked about him before. Um, yeah. And maybe you <laughs> said that and I just missed it. But that that honestly is super impressive because that's the third best basketball league in uh, in the world, right behind the Euro League, NBA Euro League, Turkish League. That is like the consensus of um, obviously other than FIBA, but FIBA, you know, only happens so many times, uh, you know, a decade or whatever. But mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of Alperin? What are some of the things that he could he could bring to the Spurs? I know shooting is kind of a question mark, but but convince me. Why do you like him a lot? I like him a lot for several reasons, Jude. One, he checks a lot of boxes for the Spurs as far as what they need. Um, we talk about that a lot. Do you draft need or do you draft talent? This is a guy that can potentially check both boxes because at twelve, potentially he could be the best player available, and he fits a need with the Spurs, which is a a power forward. Maybe he can play some center. Maybe he can even play some small forward. He's got, uh, you know, the footwork to play that position as well. He's 18 years old. He's a Turkish League MVP. He's international. So the Spurs, you know, we have a great history drafting international players. He could help replace Rudy if Rudy were to leave that spot because he's a fantastic pick and roll player. And we all know the Spurs, we love our pick and rolls. We're going to run pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll until we finally either get inside for a layup or kick it out and then find the open man for a three. You, you did say the correct thing. His shooting is iffy. Um, but I don't think it's, you know, completely horrible either. You know, when you look at Luka Doncic, he's not exactly like a dagger shooter, but he, you know, grew into a guy that's at least capable at shooting threes. And you, you get scared now when you see him pulling Now up. he's a dagger shooter. And now he's a dagger shooter. I mean, statistically, he's still like below 35 percent I think. but if you watch him and you see his step backs you can't tell me oh, no it's clean the, it's the clean. skilled he's one of the most skilled shooters in the game i don't care about percentages it's I'm, clean 100 and that's not i agree you, with that's you. it other people 100 wasn't mad at you it was other people i'm just saying that's exactly my point though alperin <laughs> sangoon despite his three-point percentage being what it is i think he can grow with chip england into becoming a good capable three-point shooter but he's a guy that can fit into the team, not dominate the ball and fill a knee. That's why I like Alperin Sengun so much. Interesting. Interesting. So say that last sentence again, not fill a need. He, he's a guy that can, that can fill a need okay. and not dominate the ball in a way that would take oh, away touches okay. from guys like Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. You know, he can just kind of slide in there at that four spot and, and you know, just improve the team overall. Got you. Got you. How tall is he? Do you know? Six Off nine. Top of your head? Six nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. And he's only 18. So he's only going to get way better. Now, I, I got another question for you. We haven't been able to bring this guy in for a workout because he's playing in the Olympics, which is never yeah. a bad thing. Um, but Usman Garuba. Yes. It seems like these guys are kind of similar, not just because they're both, you know, playing in foreign leagues, but. Just they're both around six nine. Alperin's a pretty good defender. Am I am, am I wrong on that, or is that actually a struggle? He's he's a good defender, but the difference between the two players, in my opinion, I know Usman's really good. Yes, Alperin's as a much better overall offensive player. Offensively, especially in the pick and roll, he's very dangerous in that position. Usman less so, but he's a longer seven two wingspan. He's a two hundred and thirty pound, you know, physical specimen that can is he guard a shooter. He's got nice touch. I think I don't want to just spit out wrong information here. I don't know what the statistics show. I don't think he he's not a sharp shooter, but he is capable and he's is got he a, he's got a pretty Alperin, I guess is what I'm asking. Right now. Just right now. It's debatable. It's it's okay. it's a toss up. Got you. 
you could pick either one and it would be there's not an advantage there okay. not necessarily i think it really just depends on alperin alperin's an mvp you know what i mean so That's he facts. he can take a team and really change the makeup of it single-handedly uzman is gonna lock up you know he's, he's one of those guys that we, <laughs> that he's like coming he's in just patrick beverly at the four <laughs> i mean, I mean kind of like when we drafted Kawhi, we were like okay cool we just got a guy that's gonna lock up whoever their three okay. is and then he eventually became Kawhi leonard best two-way player in the league you know what i mean that that would be i guess uzman's ceiling i guess he starts off just a really good defender and he could grow into a great offensive player too Alperin is just like an overall he doesn't necessarily have a weakness but defensively Usman's probably better in my opinion does that make sense interesting interesting yeah no I was just curious to kind of contrast those two players because I know you like them a lot but it also seems like they're pretty similar so you can't go wrong in my opinion either way yeah it's it's really just depends on what management wants to focus on I guess yeah I do like the upside of Alperin better than honestly anybody else that we've talked about, though. I will mm. admit that, like, for as good as the Big 12 was this year, like, there's just something about playing, like, against, you know, pros. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that that competition, especially since it's the Turkish, Turkish League. Um, and if y'all are just like, eh, it's the Turkish League, college basketball's better. It's like, no, just, just mm. look it up. Um, but, um... Yeah, I, just being an MVP and being 18, that yeah. I think just it's just so intriguing. Um, that the thing that he doesn't have on Luca is that MVP, and I think that's that's really what intrigues me about him. But I think kind of with all these guys, let, let's think about it, Ethan. Kai yeah, Jones, just... Kai Jones. Yeah, Jericho Sims, Trendon Watford, Alperin Sangoon, Usman Garuba. They're all six nine and above. Mm-hmm. So you can see that the Spurs are, they are targeting that group. They are, you know, looking yeah. at that group. They they brought them in for workouts. And it seems like it's the most likely thing that's going to happen, Ethan. But on the flip side, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six guards. And there's more that I didn't even mention because we just didn't, I didn't look through the whole Google search because we were trying to record um, that the Spurs have also brought in for workouts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it still seems like actually in just sheer numbers, the Spurs are scouting more guards. I know that the league's going small ball, Ethan, but once again, as I just mentioned earlier, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not necessarily going small ball. It's just players are realizing they need to have skills that traditionally small players would have and big players wouldn't that's not the case anymore. So I don't know if these are just, you know, it might just be like, okay, Hey, these guys are on our big board. We're going to bring them in, you know, maybe down the line, something happens. Let's build our relationship with them. You know what I mean? Just get them in here. But, but what do you think about this? That some of the guys, I'll just list them off here. The the guys that we counted AJ Lawson, six, six guard from South Carolina, Keon Johnson, six, five guard from Tennessee. I think he might be six, four in that range. Um, Aaron Wiggins, I think Aaron Wiggins, which is Andrew Wiggins, little brother. Yes. I think he's six, eight, but still like, you know, Andrew Wiggins, like Andrew Wiggins isn't a four, right? Aaron is the same. He's six, eight, but he's, he's a three, two. He's not, he's not a four. He's like one ninety or something. Um, Alper, well, not Alper and Sangoon, um, Austin Reeves, who is, I believe a fifth year, maybe fourth year. 
Um, but I believe a fifth-year senior out of Oklahoma, played at Wichita State as well, a sniper, um, and really improved at Oklahoma. Makayo mm-hmm. Teague, a 6'4 guard um, from Baylor, who I believe was off their bench. And then Trey Mann, um, not Terrence Mann, <laughs> yeah. from from Florida, um, another 6'5 guard who was, a, who was a stud for them. Like, all these guys are good, but, yeah. like, I just, I don't know. With with so all of our we, we like we've been our backcourt was already stuffed, yeah. And like, I don't really see any point guards on this list. I mean, Austin Reeves can play point guard, but he's six five, so like he. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like in the NBA, Austin Reeves is going to be more of a two. Yeah. Um, Trey Mann is maybe a point guard, but it's like I don't know. You already kind of have a six five athletic point guard in Dejounte Murray. And you have Trey yeah. Jones. Yeah, so, you're right. So it's just I'm what do you think of of all these guards that were that were like do you what, what do you think of this? Do you think that we're gonna target guards or do you think that this is just, you know, relationship they're on our big board? Uh it could be both. But my first my first question is this. Other than Keon Johnson, aren't all these guys second round prospect for the most part? Trey Mann is a first round pos- prospect. Trey Mann's a first round prospect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, AJ, and that, but that is that's actually a great point. Yeah, I think yeah. Aaron Aaron Wiggins might be mm-hmm. a fringe first round prospect. I'm gonna look that up because but, my first inclination is to say that I guess other than the two or maybe possibly three, we're looking at second round guys that could be available, and in the second round, it's a lot less you know certain. You know, for the most part in the lottery, you kind of know who's going to be there. Like probably 90% of the time, you know, like, okay, the guy we want's going to be there. And if he's not there, our backup or our third string, 100% are going to be there. You know what I mean? Second round, it gets iffy because you got guys that drop, you got guys that fall, um, you got guys that rise, like significantly, like Lucas Samanich, who went 19, you know, <laughs> like that. No one expected that. So I don't necessarily think that we're targeting first round like 12 pick overall guards. I don't think that's what we're doing. I think what we're going to do is draft a guy that can play the four or the five at number 12. Now, in the second round, I don't I don't necessarily know. We could get anybody. We could fill another four or five that could you know go to the G League like a I Jericho think that Sims. It just depends on who's there probably. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's my thought process. They're, they're casting their net as wide as they can, and possibly the best guys available at that point are going to be guards. And... Uh, we have two point guards on the roster right now if Patty doesn't resign. Are we moving Devin to the three? Because if so, then we have two shooting guards and Derek White and Lonnie Walker. You know, so we could do with another guard, really. I mean, we could go sign like a like a minimum contract to a veteran, or we could draft somebody in the second round and stash them in the G League for a little while. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I, now, if we draft a guard at 12, Jude, come back to me. Because I will literally be so furious. I will. I don't because, know what I would do. So, so let me let me. Now that you're saying this, it you brought me back down to earth a little bit, Ethan. So thank you because I was realizing, <laughs> okay, all these guys that I'm talking about, yeah, like I look up Aaron Wiggins. Aaron Wiggins isn't even a. He's not a fringe first round prospect. He's a fringe second round prospect. Okay, yeah, so there let we me go. let me correct myself. There we um, go. <laughs> uh, so, but. Trey Mann and Keon Johnson, which there there has been a lot of buzz about Keon with the Spurs. I will mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trey Mann and Keon Johnson, those are guys who could go. Those are two guys that mm-hmm. could go at 12. But the thing is, though, Ethan, 
that is two to the to the of the first round prospects that we've brought to yes, work out exactly four at four out of the six are bigs and yeah. the other two are guards so that 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 is what i got that backwards i was looking at the whole thing when i'm realizing okay all of these other guys i'm talking about are may not even get drafted so now i will say <laughs> this i will say this if we do draft a guy like keon johnson or trey man at 12 my mind immediately goes to the spurs are definitely trading Dejounte or Derek or both i don't think okay wait Yes. Get, finish your thought, but I have something that we have to talk about after this. For that was pretty so, much it. I mean, someone's getting traded okay. if we draft Derek, a card. Derek White is not getting traded, bro. I swear. I he's, no, no, no. And it's not even about that. It's not even about me being hyping him up this whole time. You see the DeJounte jersey in the background. I love DeJounte. Like, but if you look at all the Spurs social media, not just the Fiesta post since then, Derek has been at like four missions games. He's yeah. been at like four of them and he's been to like all the SA, you know, FC games too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at all these minor league, basically, you know, San Antonio sports events, like he's been at them. Like, and I don't, and, and, and the Spurs Twitter is promoting it. I don't know. Look, I know that this hasn't, this is not on the floor. So all of this could be, you know, you can call this a wash if you want. Right. And I'm not going to yeah. be mad at you, but Teams market their players. They market their franchise. Why would they be marketing Derek White so much if they're going to trade him? Like, I just don't. And and they're specifically not promoting DeJounte right now. There hasn't been a single post this offseason about DeJounte Murray, other than maybe like, okay, here are his highlights from the past year. You know, but we do that every year. You know, we did that with Kawhi when he left. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, I, I am thoroughly convinced that out of DeJounte and and Derek that DeJounte is going to be the one that would get traded first and I don't know maybe neither of them get traded and they build with both of them and we sign John Collins or I don't know we have 50 million in cap space only the Knicks have more than us with 51 so we can we could make a big splash this would be the offseason too we talked about that but Mm -hmm. everything that I'm seeing just all those social media posts I know that seems like a weird reason but marketing is such a huge part of like, you know, like the Bucks started marketing the crap out of Giannis when he started, you know, blowing up. So, I yeah. mean, it, it's just, I, I don't, it wouldn't make sense at all for him to be, go- like, why would Derek be, because these guys know. DeJounte literally tweeted the other day at the Spurs workout thing, like rumors can be false or rumors can be true with every word capitalized. Yeah. Um, <laughs> y'all know that y'all know that i know exactly what you're talking y'all about DeJounte types like that. and i love Dejounte, and i appreciate everything that he's done here like i got his jersey for a reason but it it seems to me like he's he's not wearing spurs gear in that in that workout i know that's this is that's really speculation but he's worn spurs gear in like every other workout picture he's posted didn't wear it in that one he was like rumors can be true rumors can be false but you know you know, don't, don't believe him, you know, or whatever he said. And, and we've seen none of that from Derek. All we've seen from Derek is him like smiling at the fiesta, you know, or like smiling at all these, like at SA missions games or like he's being super involved. Like why would Derek be this invested when we know that players know about what's going on with the team? They're seeing this. The DeJounte post proves it. So 
There's no way they don't know about this. To me, it seems like DeJounte feels like he's going to get traded, and Derek knows that they picked him over DeJounte. It's kind of what their their activities, their posts on social media, all that stuff, That that is what I am getting yeah. from the outside. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that that guarantees DeJounte is going to get traded. It's just if they're going to trade one of them, which I think it's a bigger possibility this offseason than any other one, um, it's going to be DeJounte. Another thing we didn't really talk about, another reason they could be eyeing Trey Mann or Keon Johnson, we're losing three guys that are ball dominant. Like, we forget that. Patty Mills, DeMar DeRozan, and Rudy Gay, all ball dominant players. We're losing all three of them. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be completely logicless for us to go draft a guy that's ball dominant that could, well, you know, take over the reins there, but... I'd rather I would rather stick with Dejounte Derek and then draft an Alperin Sangoon or an Usman Garuba, but that's just me. I agree with you, but you know what I'm thinking about also when we're talking about this, Ethan. I could see them picking Keon Johnson or Trey Mann because guess what? Lonnie Walker's contract is up after this year. It's true, and I have a feeling that the Spurs would rather pay Keldon Johnson than him. Um, and depending on what's going to happen. Um, I don't know, but maybe they trade DeJounte and pay both. Who knows? I mean, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think they can pay all three of them. They could. It just wouldn't, then we wouldn't be able to pay someone else. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to pay anybody else. Yeah. So uh, most likely for the most part, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to sign like somebody who would put us over the top. And as of right now, Lonnie Walker and Kelton Johnson are not bringing this title. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't say that this team right now, all of them at their full potential are going to bring us a title. Maybe some of you guys could say that, but I just can't believe that. If it happened, then I would be like, damn, the 2K potential ratings were right. But, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but I, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. So going back to my original point, drafting a Keon Johnson, somebody that it seems like they've had a really good relationship with and is a, a, a nice two out of the SEC – you can stash that man in the G League this year, have him get way better, and then when Lonnie Walker inevitably leaves next year, if they know that in their head, like if they know that this is the plan, right? This is all operating underneath the Spurs are like, hey, we know this is Lonnie Walker's last year. We're not paying him. Then you could move Keon Johnson up into that backup two role, and that would you know kind of work seamlessly you know, with everything else. You could kind of keep the roster going, and it wouldn't be that much of a shakeup. You know what I mean? Because they're both six five guards and they're scorers. So it's like, it's basically, it wouldn't change up the mesh of the team, even though he's a different mm-hmm. player. So that's something I hadn't thought of too. So maybe they want Trey Mann or Keon Johnson to replace Lonnie Walker next year too. My final thought on all this, Jude, the Spurs, it's, in my opinion, there's a 90% chance that what they will do is nothing. And they will draft a power forward or center at 12. They will draft like a shooting guard at the, in the second round. And then we will not sign anybody that big. We'll get like a veteran and a, and a small contract and we will play out this season. And then all the hype will come back around the trade deadline. And be like, Oh my God, we're going to trade DJ Derek and, and Keldon. And, and then nothing's, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> That's probably and what's then, going to and happen. And then we're going to sign Bradley Beal next year. So it'll be fine. Because Pop likes his thickness. Yeah. Pop likes Brad's thickness. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It would work out perfectly. Then we don't even have to draft Keon. Because guess yeah. what? Our our starting two guard would be would be Brad. Bradley Beal. And then Derek White would turn into to Monty. Sixth man of the year. Yeah. Happily. 
which is what I think he should be doing this entire time. But that's just me. <laughs> you know my opinion on that. Well, this is last year. This was last year, but <laughs> Anyways, last, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> honestly, I'm with you, though. No, most likely we're going to draft Kai Jones at 12, and then we're going to draft you know some you know pretty solid college player in the second round. They'll both play in the G League for the most part. Maybe Kai Jones will get some minutes over Luka, depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll just play out this season with our roster. You're probably exactly right that that's, that's what's going to happen. Because next offseason... Like we could just keep our cap space. We're not winning the chip this year anyway. No. And then next off season, there's so much more free agency targets and like all of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm with you 100%, man. But we're at about 40 and a half minutes. So you ready to wrap this thing up? I'm ready to wrap it up, Jude. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you all so much for watching. You can follow us on Twitter at Jude McLaren. It's literally just spelt like this. His Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero. Y'all can check us out. Um, you can DM us, all that stuff. Anybody who's watching this, um, you know, and you want to have us on your show, you want to come on the show, um, just hit us up. We'd love it. Um, we'll also be on the Spurs versus Everybody podcast this Sunday. It may not come out until Monday, but we're recording this Sunday. Um, so be on the lookout for that and go check them out. They're always on Twitter, like hyping up literally like every Spurs channel, Rob's channel, Clan the Spurs fan, you know, so many mm-hmm. Spurs channels out there. They're literally tweeting like, hey, go check this out. So they're awesome. They're really involved in the community and they support the community. So We're happy to be here. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs, go!